America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's One hundred Eastern Time here in the Green Dragon Tavern. I, of course, am your bar patron host, <laughs> the Commandante of the Masioke Militia, is of course on the air, and all of you are privy to this meeting of the Sons of Liberty live on the air, and it is great. To have all of you with us here on this Thursday evening, I cannot think of a better place for anyone to be. And uh, we just got done, just got done with a kick-ass podcast with Ryan Kleckner. And if you haven't listened to that yet, because it's only been up for a couple of hours now, if you haven't listened to that yet, um, man, I'm going to tell y'all, I had a blast. Ryan had a blast. He has been after me for a while now. Like, hey, man, when are we doing this podcast? Hey, man, when are we doing, you know, like, and he finally, and, and it was like, you're not, you don't, folks really don't understand. Like, coming into the show, I was listening to uh, ACBC, listening to a little music, and, you know, cranked up, kind of in the mood, sipping a little bit over here and, and listening to a little music. I was listening to uh, ACDC in the mix. ACDC has been one of my favorite bands of all time, of course. Bon Scott era, definitely. And uh, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, right? Long way to the top. And I was listening to that, and I was like, man, you know, like that kicked on right as we're about to go live with the show. And I was just thinking about that, man. Like, you know, every everything. Everything that has led up to now. And that podcast said they were Ryan. Kicked so much ass. It, it was, it, I had so much fun. He had so much fun. And it was like trying to hit a bullet with a bullet to get us on the air together. You know, because our, our schedule is finally aligned. Really, my schedule finally aligned with him. He's been after me for a minute to get on there. And, and to have a guy who, you know, Sergeant Major Lamb, Kyle Lamb, Viking Tactics, who I think uh, between him, Paul Howe, and uh, Pat McNamara, of course, you know, definitely don't want to leave uh, Pat out um, at, at all. At all, at all. And Clint Smith. You know, gotta gotta put Clint Smith in there. You know, I, I think like they're the pillars of in, at least in my mind, in my opinion, they are the pillars of knowledge in the firearms industry, in the training industry, 
and have a guy who who has nothing but praise coming from uh, Sergeant Major Lamb and a guy who has such a, a storied career in his own right um, get on the podcast and and has been chasing me for as long as he has. I'm like, hey man, you know, like, let's get let's get on there. And we just you know we got on there. We shot the shit. We talked sniper topic topics. We talked. Uh, training, we talked rifles, we talked optics, we talked, you know, all the things. Myths, we, you know, he stomped on some sacred cows out there that, that you know, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm uh, picking picking your battles with people and, and he just jumped right in there on it. Uh, stuff that I know is going to generate some hate mail. It's going to generate a couple of, you know, comments from the angry crowd or maybe not, you know, and if not, cool. I mean, but, but then again, that's why you got to get into people's faces. You got to rattle their cages a little bit because then, then they're thinking, right. Then they're thinking. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's why I do that. But, and, and we kind of joked about that in passing. Um, and, and we joked about it a lot off air about how, you know, I'll, I'll get, I will engage with people on social media trying to troll me and I'll turn around and troll them, you know, and, and fire right back and just, you know, rapid fire. Like, Oh, well do tell me in your experience. Yeah. And, and folks, it, it's, it's not a position of arrogance or any of that. It's just, Hey, you know, take a step back. First of all, don't take yourself so seriously and reconsider where you're at. Right. Reconsider some some positions. Right. And, um, you know, and 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 reconsider some of the things that you're saying, because people really take stuff to heart. They, they yeah. And, and, and some of it is just bunk knowledge. Right. It's, it's just not necessarily the, you know, not not the greatest uh, information in the world, but it's stuff that's been passed around for decades upon decades, you know, and, and, and maybe it's not necessarily good stuff. And um but anyway, I say all that to say that the conversation that we had was incredible and it, and it was so, so good. Um, so, so good. And I enjoyed it so much. And we're going to have him on again because Ryan, of his mountains of, of accolades, things that this man has done in his life, um, one of them is becoming a lawyer and he is a firearms lawyer on top of that. So I can't wait to get him on the show because didn't want to preempt too much. Um, you know, I like to under promise and over deliver, but the secret guy slipped out. We're going to have, we're going to have St. Cameron of Palmetto state coming on, right? The venerated saint of Palmetto state coming on himself. He's going to be on next week. I've been talking to him all afternoon. Um, he is chomping at the bit to get on. It's really just trying to, to align his schedule right now to get on the show, but we're going to be talking, you know, basically a shot show breakdown and talking about everything that, that Palmetto state is doing. And I'm talking about not just firearms. All right. Although the firearms stuff is huge, all right? Huge, huge, huge moves coming out of Palmetto state. And we we let it slip a little bit. Ryan and I let it slip a little bit on on the podcast. I I can't wait to get Cameron on, and and, and we're going to be talking about some of this stuff, right? But the 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 legal front, the fight, the actual fight, because I'm telling you, Palmetto State Armory is putting it out there 
They're fighting. They're fighting the states that are restricting Second Amendment freedoms unconstitutionally. They're fighting them. They're fighting the ATF. They're going to battle them. They're putting their money behind us, right? Us, the freedom fighters. They're freedom fighters. This is how we're doing it, right? And we're winning. Between Palmetto State Armory and Firearms Policy Coalition, those two, hey, that that's where it's at, all right? And, and you know, FPC is doing the job, and, and I talk to them regularly, too. They are doing the job that that the NRA should have been doing for, I don't know, how many years have they been around now? How many years has Wayne LaPierre been in charge of the NRA? And they, they, and, and what have they done, right? What have they done? What accomplishments can they say? Can, can, can they, they put their hat on and say, Hey, we did this. We got this done for you guys. Nothing, right? Nothing, nothing that I can name. Firearms Policy Coalition, though, they're taking the fight. They're taking it in the courts and they're very explicit about it. Hey, you know, we will fight you in the courts, but we're not afraid to fight you by other means. They're very explicit about that, you know, and 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 we're fired up. And so uh, the podcast I did with Ryan, definitely a must listen. And, and I'm just saying um, it, it's that's so incredible to me when K Combat Studies Group did a podcast with him two days ago. He reached out immediately to me. He listened to the podcast. He reached out immediately and he goes, man, I know him. I, re- I remember Ryan from a, a place and said, that's, that's a good dude. He is our people. You know, it just speaks to this community. It speaks to this community. It speaks to what we have. It speaks to, to, to the thing that we have built here, you know, and, and, and when you look at the, 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 you know, the, the motivational speech here, because I, I'm, I'm just so fired up. I'm just so fired up right now. Um, when you look at where we're ranked, Podbean, we're ranked number seven currently. And you look at some of the heavy hitters that we're ranked right up there with, and some of which we are in front of. When you look at them, people like Glenn Beck, right? Say what you will. Say what you will. I I don't have not always been positive or complimentary of Glenn Beck. But at the same time, he is carried to water for a lot of people. He's kind of the gateway in. We're ranked right up there with him. Mark Levin, ranked right up there with him. Tucker Carlson, ranked right up here with him. And let me tell you something. For a podcast that is that has no outside advertising of its own, right? No audience, but the one that we have created, the one that we fostered, the one that we are growing day by day by day. When we have 2,000 downloads a day, when we have 3,000 downloads a day, when we have 4,000 downloads a day, as we've been growing steadily, that's due to you. So for anybody out there that gets that black pill effect, of, oh man, you know, like, yeah, yeah shit sucks and it's going to get worse. And it's, what the hell, man? Like all these cards are stacked against us. I want you to take a cold, hard look around. Look at what we've done. Look at what we continue to do. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't be surprised. We're going to get censored. 
We're going to get censored. We got it censored uh, two years ago around election time. It's going to happen again. And let me tell you something. That's a badge of honor. You censor me. That's a badge of honor. You censor us. That's a badge of honor. Because I know you're, you are going to find it. And I know that them, those who censor us, they have labeled us an enemy. We're a threat to them. Because if we weren't a threat to them, they wouldn't do that. If we weren't a threat to them, they would not need to take those measures to try and shut us down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you feel me out there? I hope that you do. I hope that you see all of this, right? And we've done this. We've done it together. I am I am so, so proud of that. You know, and it is it is all grassroots, 100% grassroots. No outside advertising, no outside financing, none of that. Believe me, believe me. And yet here we are. And so for the folks out there who get blackpilled about stuff, who, you know, oh man, it's all, look, I'm telling you something. Here we are. And I don't back down. I don't back down. I've never backed down from a fight. And I can tell you something. There's people in here in this chat right now. There's people that'll be on a podcast who's seen it. All right. They've seen it. And, and I don't like getting combative with people generally speaking, unless I absolutely have to, but they, the, the people that, that are going to be on the show, me, my, my compatriots, they're in here. They've seen it, you know, they, they've seen, man, I ain't taking shit off of nobody. And, and that's the way that it is. And that's the way that it's going to be because we're fighters, right? We're fighters first. And, uh, you know, anyhow, free Appalachistan, and we're going to be talking about, you know, how D.C. and I think that Washington, D.C., military industrial complex, Biden, they're all in their death throes. And we're getting ready to see that. All right. We're getting ready to see that. And so that is why now God chose you, by the way, God chose every single one of you out there who is born, whether you're a believer or not, whatever faith you may be, Christian, whatever, it doesn't matter. God chose you to be born right now in this time for a reason. Rise up. Live up to his expectation. Right? Live up to his expectation because he chose you to be born right now for this moment. D.C. is where it is. The Biden administration is where it is. But the United States, the Americans, the people who are right here, it takes standing up and it takes men and women of strong personal constitution to stand up in this country right now. Not everybody's a fighter. I understand that. Not everybody is, is cut out for all the things. But you can do what you can, when you can, and with what you can within your own ability. And that's all we can do. And you're doing something. And that is a message of positivity. Right? That is a that 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 is what we do. And that is how you fight the black pill. That is how you fight the despair. And that is how you make a positive impact on the world around you at the local most level. And we're gonna do that. All right, we're gonna do that. We continue to do that. And and for nothing else, 
Radio Contra, Radio Counter Revolution. That's what this is. You know, hey, we're we're doing that. When you when you look at how successful a podcast like this can be, we're doing that. And we're gonna continue to do that. When you look at how successful Brushbeater.store store is now, which which has just blown away any expectation uh, that I had. And I was told uh, earlier today by somebody because you know doing doing all the uh, the admin work on the end, and uh, you can take that for what you will. But I uh, was saying, man, for an online business, this is killing it. And I, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with y'all out there. Everything to do with this audience. Everything. Let me tell y'all something. Last thing before I'm going to start inviting my my fellow bar patrons in here. The Gorilla's Guide to the Balfang Radio peaked out at number 203 on Amazon. Did you hear what I said? Number 203 of all the books on Amazon dot com of the millions and millions millions and millions but also thousands of all those books that are on Amazon the gorilla's guide to the Balfang radio peaked out at number 203 that's all of you out there that's all y'all out there that's all y'all out there who have supported that book along the way who've believed in it, who have spread the positive word, who have left reviews on it. And and, and I'm telling you, with, with uh, 44,000 copies sold just in the mass market version, that's just the mass market version. Top Spiral Bound, it's closer to 50,000 copies sold now. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Way beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And folks, again, that's all of you out there. And and so for me, Store is a way that I can give back to this community in, in every way that I can, giving you the best products and bringing so much to the market at the, the best prices that, that I can literally give. Literally. Uh, I mean, you know, bringing, bringing quality products to market that are making you the most dangerous that you can be. Just like I was talking about with Kay on the podcast and this conversation that he and I have constantly had back and forth about how incredible technology is available to you that surpasses what the government is using, right? Surpasses what the Army is using, the Marine Corps is using, right? At the small unit level, you have that technology, but better at your fingertips. Believe it or not. Right? Believe it or not. Yeah, it's expensive. I get that. Right? It is. But you have it. Right? It's there. It's available to you. And I'm bringing it to you at the the best price you're going to find on the market. And if you find somebody selling it cheaper than me, well, shoot me an email. Send me a link and I'll see what I can do. I ain't going to promise that I can beat their price. But what I will say is, is that there, there's a good chance that they may not be selling you genuine products. I can tell you that. 
Some people already figured out with with some of the Chinese uh, Type 81 chess rigs, but that's another story, right? So people figured out the the stuff you're getting off Amazon ain't necessarily real. But um, seriously, people are selling products that are that are less than I I am selling them at the lowest bottom dollar that you can get products of of any type, any of them on on the net. Period. To include custom knives, custom knives, custom axes. That's as cheap as they get, folks. You know, and I, I'm I'm working with a company now to try and do production runs, large production runs to bring that price down on those designs. Uh, but you know, anyway, that that's another story, right? A whole other story. Anyway, folks, I say all that. I've been rambling for 20 minutes. Just I'm so excited. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a DC is going to do what it's going to do. The country is doing what it's doing. But let me tell you all something. Patriots in this country, good people in this country, incredible people of this country are finding the message. They're standing up and they are supporting businesses that definitely support them. And I am here for it. I am part of it. And I am so, so, so damn excited. Oh, I just I, I, I love it. And, and you have no idea, folks. No idea how excited this this makes me. Um, I, I don't know how anybody could be black pilled right now. I really don't. Looking around, but uh, anyway, I've talked enough. Let's turn this over to some of my fellow Bob patrons in here. The man, the myth, the legend, who is full of tactical wisdom, five volumes worth, and hopefully number six is underway. Mr. Joe Dolio, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Uh, number six is definitely underway, and uh, I know. And, uh, Mrs. Just... JD keeps telling me that uh, it needs to be more underway. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm just flicking you nuts, man. Like, hey, hey, get it out there. I need another book on my shelf. Right on, right on. We'll, we'll get her out there. But uh, the focus this year is getting classes off the ground and running, uh, you know, Amen. good stuff. Um I used to go around and do a lot of martial arts seminars and I haven't in a long time. And, um, these classes are going to be a lot better. We're going to get more involved, spend more time together, learn some stuff and basically just go through the books and do the stuff in the books. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple, but, uh, man, what a, what an interesting and wild day. I see that at the same time, we're saying we're totally about to punch Iran in the eye. We're also saying, but maybe we shouldn't because Iran's not really in charge. So, we, as a country, seriously have to make up our mind as to what we're doing, right? Oh, man. And, and of course, the AutoZone Institute for International Relations, uh, oh, Mr. God. Fox, is out there putting his two cents worth in. So it's been a wild 48 hours, man. Wild. His two cents are literally worth two cents. I mean, I, I know. It's, it's I, I insane, just, man. You know, it's really interesting with him too because he is—he's really good at getting NAFO swarms on people. Oh yeah, and and I just really don't like him. You know, yeah, he's fucking—he's fucking pogue, and you know, I said it. it, it was... No offense to any pogues out there. But what got me the worst was the know, day when he tried to tell me and uh, me and and Scott 
and watch her that he had more combat experience than anyone else on the panel. And we're like, I'm sorry, you got huh? what now? <laughs> it's a little bit wild that day. I wasn't there. I no, wasn't there. No. I don't think I've ever been on a show with him. I think you were in the I, well, beginning. First and then of all, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be on a show with him. But, you know, if if I had been, that would have been like, nah, homie, nah, nah. Like, let me let me tell you some stories, bro. <laughs> like, pull up a chair. Like, yeah. and, and if you're not, if 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 you don't feel empty inside by the time I, I get done with like the first one, yeah. You know, like, I know, I know, holding down the gate in Bagram or wherever the fuck he was, like that's really. But um, but the Air Force didn't even hold down the gate. Third car, third party nationals did not, yeah. <laughs> not even them. So, yeah, that like, flight line was rough. They they once had a really rough battle over the last chicken wing in the uh, in the mess hall. So that was some hardcore action that day. Yeah, man, so. like what the fuck, dude? But but he went after Ron the other day, and it was glorious because Ron just literally laid him out. So, man, I'm gonna tell you, like like Ron. Ron's not a guy that you should ever try and pick a fight with because he just doesn't. He's like, all right, look, here's the deal, man. You know? And, and I mean, that's, that's that. Like Ron, Ron's a fucking OG, man. Ron was there for Anaconda. He, he's, he's not a guy. you Like you don't, you don't do that. You, you know, yeah. <sighs> it mean... was just silly. It was just silly, and it, you know, and Ron just kind of laughed him off and was like, "Whatever, dude. Like everyone knows about you. You're you're an academic. You didn't actually do anything. So keep on. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The world, this, this wasn't on a podcast. This, this was this was this on, on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. And and I I refrained from chiming in. Just I don't want to deal with you know I get I get enough heat from the NAFO crowd. I just don't oh, want to yeah. deal with them. Like, yeah, you know, like if you people spent half the energy that, that you do tweeting at people and, and like went to Ukraine, just go to Ukraine. You know, just yeah. fucking go there. Like if you're so emphatic about Ukraine, go fucking go there. Go there. I mean, like they're begging for people. You can, you can totally go there. I bet you're gonna win. Like you'll, what you'll I win. Find the war. So ironic is they're they're cheering for us going to war with Russia. There, they're also just cheering for us to go to war with Iran at the same time. That that's yeah. not gonna happen. Those days are over. Right. Right. So, so crazy. I think. It's really interesting that they've been cheerleading on, you know, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. like, you know, we're going into year three of this thing um, in February. And it's it's kind of hard to believe uh, we're in Feb- February 1st, right? So oh, just under three years ago, I was one of those, where were you? Uh, I was in... Uh, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, at uh, Ready Made Resources, Bob Griswold's place, and 
teaching RTO, advanced RTO, signals intelligence package course, and um, had a, a huge class. I mean, it was like 25 people in there. And uh, that was the day that the Russians invaded. It was like the second day of class, I think, that the, that the Russians, you know, went full, full bore. And, um, you know, it, it, we were we were kind of battle tracking it every morning. We'd spend like 30 minutes kind of battle tracking what was going on and everything. And and there were some weather issues that, that were happening. I mean, you've been to that site, you know, like it can get it can get pretty sloppy when there's a lot of rain. Oh, yeah. Pretty quick up there. Yeah. Like like real quick. And, um, you know, because it it's in the mountains, but um, it's it's kind of a rainforest up there, too. But, uh, you know, we, we were doing some battle tracking in like first 30 minutes. I was kind of doing impromptu stuff. And, um, you know, in that class, I had a, um, a, uh, a retired 18 Bravo, which, I mean, he had been an 18 Echo at one point and then was, I mean, he, I, I'm pretty sure he had held all the 18 series MOSs at one point or another. It was just, you know, he, anyway, real, real good dude. I ain't going to drop his name because, you know, he's, I don't do that. But, um, you know, keep people under the radar. But anyway, he, he was in the class and, and, you know, we, we were, we were doing that whole thing, right? The whole battle tracking thing. And we're kind of watching all that. And uh, there was just so much bullshit that was getting passed as, as genuine information like ghost Kiev and all that shit. And, um, I don't know, man, I, it, it was, there was so much coming all at once that none of it really made any sense. And it, and a lot of it just smelled like propaganda from both sides. Cause it absolutely was. And we, we honestly, we never graduated past that point. I mean, there, there's some interesting things, interesting stuff that's still going on with, with, uh, the Ukrainian war. Um, some of which, you know, we, we could certainly dive into drone swarms and everything. But one of the big ones, I think the big takeaways is just the, the, the amount of social media bullshit, right? Social media bullshit. These, these NAFO people, it, you know, every, you know, the Adam Kinzingers of the world, the ones who, who are flying the Ukrainian flags, these people are so full of shit, so full of shit, every single one of them, so full of shit. And what they ended up doing because of this, it, it was all part of a, a, a giant psyop, in my opinion. But what they ended up doing was overstretching us. We fired off all our munitions. And the Russians just sat back. They were able to absorb the losses. That's the reason they were pushing Wagner to the front. These guys are reprobates, right? They're fucking prisoners. They don't, they don't care about these people. And they're just shut here, comrade. Get a fucking rifle and go. You know, and if you succeed, awesome. If you don't, whatever. You're not our problem anymore. They're in, you know, empty in their prisons. And then, you know, here we go. And, and we, we fired off all our precision munitions. We fired off all our high technology at a low technology opponent for the most part, for the most part, right? And the Russians, meanwhile, sat back and used it as a test bed. And I do recall, 
I do recall some time back, don't remember exactly how long, but some time back, saying that when the Lancet drones made their appearance on the battlefield, they're Iranian-built, I distinctly recall stating explicitly that these weapons are being tested against Western equipment right now, and we will see this material again. That's exactly They're going right. to be using it. They're calibrating their fucking equipment. They're test firing their weapons. And now here we are. And I want to share something with y'all. I want to share something with y'all about this drone strike, quote unquote, that caused the, you know, the, the three, um, soldiers that were killed, unfortunately, um, that, that, you know, in, and that's off. All right. Three American servicemen lost their lives, right? Reservists. They were out of Georgia. They lost their lives due to this factoid. And I stated this, this is in, by the way, this is in the gorilla's guide to signals intelligence. I stated this explicitly, right? That you can hide in the noise, right? One of the things that you have to look for is signals that are hiding inside the noise. They're hiding inside of another signal. So what happened there, right? This is one of those things that when, when you're looking at a, um, uh, a waterfall and you see one signal and maybe there's another one in there going back and forth, right? Something that doesn't match up. You have to pay attention to that, right? That's the action indicator. So what ended up happening right now that the details are coming out about this here and there, now the New York times ran this, whether you want to believe it or not. Hey, I mean, you know, that's on you. The New York times is certainly not the most reliable thing in the world. I get it. However, however, uh, I do believe this story and I believe it because it validates points that I've seen from uh, being made in other places and points that I have made, you know, based on that. And one of the big things about that is, is that the Iranians captured one of our, our drones, very high technology drone over a decade ago. Right. I think it was, I think it was 2011. All right. So we're talking 13 years ago now. All right. Uh, right. Forced it to land. Of course they reverse engineered it. And we have this, this thing about us in America that we think that, you know, everybody from the Middle East is really dumb. Iranians are pretty fucking smart, right? They're really, really intelligent people. And, you know, sure, are there dumb ones there? Yeah. There were some really smart people in Iraq. There were some really smart people in Afghanistan, believe it or not. Right? We had this, this real um, jaded view of Afghans. It was a lot of propaganda. Oh, they're, you know, they're in the Stone Age and a lot of them are illiterate. That was partly true. There were also a lot of really intelligent people in Afghanistan too. Really, really smart people um, that would that would blow your mind. Like seriously, you know, you have a conversation with them, and very deep thinkers, very long term thinkers. 
That's one of the things that we lack in the United States is long-term thought. Anyway, they forced a drone to land because they're getting technology from the Chinese and the Russians. And they're just thinking. They're thinking. They're chess players. How do we weaponize this? How do we use this? How do we we take this equipment and we weaponize this for our own gains later down the road? Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, because we're not an immediate gratification people. We're long-term thinkers. A decade from now, we'll get you back. 20 years from now, we'll get you back. But we're going to get you back. Here we are. Lancet drones. They were able to replicate the signal, the very electronic signature of the drone itself. They spoofed it. This is what they did. And so the crew on the ground at Tower 22 or whatever the FOB is called, right? It's FOB uh, in Jordan, right? They weren't even tracking this thing. Because they thought it was their own drone coming back. They thought it was their own aircraft coming back. And they disregarded it. They were under attack. Now, I don't care who you are. That's genius. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's genius. That's factual. All right? Yep. This is what they did. Okay? You don't think that an adversary that is capable of that level of sophistication already has something for your ass? If you think that you know, you're know you just going to stroll in there, you're one of the NAFOs, you're one of the Patrick Fox crowd, oh, I'm just, oh, I'll just go up in there, you're going to bomb the shit out of Lindsey Graham. You, do you really think, do you really think that you can beat those people? Because Iraq, yeah, that was one thing. And we really didn't beat them, by the way. Yeah, Desert Storm, we had them beat. We should have finished the job. We didn't because profit margins needed to be made on version two, right? You know, decade later, which we all know about. Uh, 12 years later. All right. Linear warfare, yeah, hell yeah, we got them. Iran, though, on the other hand, that's a different story. All right, we're ramping up for, for an air campaign, for sure. C-135s, uh, KC-135s going up there, you know, the tankers and everything. Um, you know, we're definitely ramping up for, for some sort of aerial action happening. My guess is it's we're going to hit some targets in Syria. Really going to drop the hammer in western Iraq. Um you know, we'll, we'll blow up a bunch of stuff. We already gave them enough warning. I mean, shit, seven days or five days or however many long, many days, too many. Um, you think Trump gave Soleimani any warning? He he was bragging about it after he did it. You know, he's, Soleimani, don't you like it? We blew him up. I, I dropped a slap chop on his head. Look at that. I dropped it on him. I dropped it on his car. It's really terrible. You know, I mean, but this administration, Biden, he don't even know where he's at. And and all of a sudden, we're going to, you know, oh, well, we're going to measure. You know, yeah, Reelsville in the comments, he died like a dog. So he died like a dog. He died like a dog. I'm doing my hands right now. 
We dropped it on him. He died like a dog. Um, here's the thing to consider. Whatever the hell it is we're going to do. Or whatever. Whatever measure, large, small, doesn't matter. How many Iranians have come across our southern border just in the past 12 months? How many? Does anybody know? Has anybody thought about that? I know nobody in D.C.'s thought about that. These people really don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. They haven't thought about that. But I would say, let's say even just like one out of every 20 has some sort of training in asymmetric warfare. Don't you think we're in a little bit of fucking trouble? I mean, just a little bit? Maybe that's kind of a problem. One out of every 20. Hell, let's say one out of every 100 has just a little bit of training in asymmetric warfare. Don't you think we're in a little bit of fucking trouble? Look what I mean, we know, happens. We know that Hezbollah has been working here for, for decades now. We know that. I can pull up open source news bulletins from North Carolina, from North Carolina, my home state. And I can show you where Hezbollah has been working here for decades now, man, decades. And you don't think that maybe just maybe if, if we have some short sighted fire from the hip response, the same shit that we do every single time, you don't think that maybe that might be a problem. I don't know, man. Madman Actual, what do you think, brother? There he is. Hey, I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, man, like you're saying, like one out of a hundred. Shit, one out of a thousand. Like, I mean, we're still in trouble. Look what happens. Look at the police response. When one person has one rifle and is shooting people. Like, you know, now just imagine somebody if they actually knew what they were doing and had teammates. Just a couple. Like literally a, like a three, four man team. You'd shut a city down for a, at least 24 hours with four people. You know, like, and that's if they didn't shoot the shit out of every substation they could see sitting on the side of the road or every pumping station or cell phone tower or what you name it. Let's not forget the uh, the attack that never was in Fargo that they want you to forget about. That's exactly <clears throat> what. Yeah, I mean, it's just it happened in North Carolina. It's happened a couple times all over, like around the country. You know, guys shooting up substations, knocking power out the whole like whole zip codes. And. You know, that's just like two dummies that are like methed up. Imagine IRGC trained guys. And I know IRGC probably gets a bad rep because, you know, like Scout, you were saying earlier, everybody thinks that everyone that lives in the Middle East is just like some cross-eyed retard that can't do anything. There's some really smart people. And some of those guys actually are really well-trained. And I... I'm not trying to put anybody down, especially if you've been to a brush breeder class. Uh, but I'd be willing to bet most of quote goon Twitter 
um, would get their PP smacked by a team of IRGC guys. Like, especially the dudes they're sending here. They're not sending... Yeah. If you're on a special mission, that means you're special and not special ed. Like, that means you're really hot shit and you know what you're doing. And, I, yeah, I think you're right. Either they have not in DC, they haven't thought about this, or they have thought about it and they're letting it happen because that's their job. Which is becoming more and more what I think is the case is that they are literally allowing it to happen. And, or maybe they are so dumb that they're like, Oh, if we just let all these people in, yeah, we get like 20 million, 20 million more votes every four years, not considering That's or they're just so full of themselves that they think, Oh, we can't be taken over. We, you know, the, the U S we have the strongest military, yada, yada. It's like, man, that doesn't, that's not real. You know, like the strongest military doesn't mean shit when they're literally in your backyard. Um, Cause everyone's still going to have to go to work. Everybody's still going to have to go out and do things. You, you know, you can't just literally lock the country down. Our, our military can't do that. We might have the most powerful military and blow everything up in sight, but we can't, our army that, ironically is designed to occupy an area it really sucks at occupying an area i saw it firsthand i occupied rc east in afghanistan i flew all over that damn country supporting all kinds of missions route clearance night raids uh just like day raids you name it and we sucked at it most of the time because we let some bonehead make the call instead of actually listening to the intelligence that we were given. And yeah, this whole facade of, oh, we're, yeah, Lindsey Graham, like we got to hit him and hit him hard. It's like, all right, Lindsey Graham, like, have you ever looked at a topographic map of Iran? It's, it's a rock. Yeah, it's a rough spot. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a all big, mountains, man. It's a big ass, like, name your hardest rock, rock. I'm not a geologist, but I know it is like dense ass mountains and it took them forever to make tunnels and they have tunnel bases all over the place. We do know that we know where some of them are. We probably don't know where all of them are. Like it, it these guys that keep cheerleading this war. And I just saw like, uh, Joe, you posted that we're like back walk, walking back from it. But then yeah. in the same 12 hour period we're getting news articles saying like how if we do bomb iran like you know xyz will happen or whatever they're cheerleading it they're like pushing for this war and it's just a dumbass idea we're like you know our, our guys shouldn't even have been in syria in the first place to have been killed like that it's just that whole area is not ours anymore like i said we we suck at occupying space because we try to occupy too much space at the same time. And that's just, and we that's can't just adequately it protect it. Exactly. That's the thing. That's like, exactly. Yeah. Like it's just, you can't, there's too much going on for our quote, all powerful intelligence community 
Which, mind you, most of the time they're sitting at the Starbucks or the whatever green bean cafe, whatever the coffee shop is, and they're waiting for Seafood Friday. I will not have you be smirched, the good people at Green Beans. Okay? <laughs> right? No, look, I Listen, love green, man, Seafood look, Friday green is kind of a that's kind of a no go, bro. <laughs> look, I, hey, I dog, hey, I appreciated it too. But there's people, <laughs> much, much of the intelligence community that is doing the uh, geospatial analysis back here at home, they're back here at home. They're not in the deployment mindset. They're worried about going home and playing Call of Duty and whatever the new flavor of the week is on video games. I, like a good 80% of them. And then the other 20%, like the division chiefs, at the no such agency, you'd think they'd be the most qualified person for the job. But in reality, they're making their rounds to get their promotion. So, you yep. know, like in the officer corps, you have to have so much time in an admin position. You have to have so much time in a combat position. You have to have so much time in this. It's the same thing with these bureaucrats, with these .gov employees. And you have guys that are like accountants, they're CPAs that got... A, a government job and now they're in charge of the special operations intelligence division. Like, you know, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make sense, but that's how it works. It's, it's a giant bureaucracy. And the reason we're not, we've given seven days and I promise I'll shut up after this, but this is the point I want to make. No, no, is go on. We are not, doing anything like we typically would do we as soon as it happened normally we just bomb the shit out of everybody we're not doing that because it is going to escalate to a bigger war and we're not ready and they know that we cannot fight another big war and they know it we're not ready we don't have the equipment we don't have the people we don't have the money and we don't have the patriotism at all we're divided in half so my only 50, 50. problem with this sudden like backing that. off uh, is that um, earlier in the week, I was very much against making a strike. But then Iran dropped a diplomatic note on the Swedish embassy for us that said, don't you dare drop one bomb inside of Iran proper or we will fight. And all of a sudden, we tripped all over ourselves to announce, oh, no, 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 we're going to strike targets in Iraq and Syria and not in Iran. We let Iran punk us on the international stage, and there's no yeah. coming back from that. There is no return course from that. That's the only problem I have with it. I don't think we should be striking into, into Iran, but the minute they told us not to and we said, oh, don't worry, we're not going to, we lost this entire exchange, and we'll never get it back. Yeah, I mean, the whole narrative being, right, exactly right. oh, look, we're Iran. Look at us. We told the United States not to attack us. Otherwise, we're going to fuck with them. And they said, oh, OK, we won't. That's you're right, Joe. That's the narrative that was laid down. And so it not only doesn't bode well for future encounters in this particular situation, but also for people to realize that, hey, man, this is one of the first times that they just fucking blinked. Like, like we blinked and I, I, I don't know exactly 
how you recover from that to your point like you said there's no going back I, I i don't know how you recover from that it's one of the few times i can remember that we actually blinked not blinked in the sense of like hey look this is going crazy we're going to de-escalate for a second we blinked and we we're like no 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 we're going to just hit these specific targets so they had time to evacuate which is the conversation you know you and i were having a little bit on twitter it's it, it just it was it was a break from what we normally do and people have definitely taken notice of it. And ladies and gentlemen, that would be the, the soft supple voice. Ah. Patriot man. <laughs> soft like and supple. I've heard other things of mine described like that, but not in my voice. Uh, you know, I turned well, my back for a second to make a reply and he sneaks in the back door. I was like, where'd he come from? <laughs> Well, I, I, that's not the first time I snuck in the back door, baby. Yeah, that is not you the first time you snuck in the back door, Joe. <laughs> no, man, I'm Welcome doing good. Man. I, I, I good after hours. Oh, you know it, Green Dog, uh, Green Dragon Tavern. Let me try that again. Green Dragon Tavern. The funny thing is, I haven't even been drinking. I literally just got back from the gym, so I uh, had a good leg day. Got so some catching up to do, Hoss. I, I know what I, I know I do. I'm pretty lit, pal. You better hurry up. Uh, hurry up. all right. Hold on, wait. Um, let me. Uh, I got two shots in the last I ain't saying I'm going full Joey Diaz over here, but you know. All right. So I have two shots of uh, uh fifty percent alcohol in my glass. I'll just plug that right now. What kind of, what kind of alcohol? Oh, a hundred percent dog shit. Ninety nine blue raz. You know how I roll. Uh, uh. Yeah, I'm going to check that shit right now. Hold on one second. You're an animal. Uh, oh. A savage My beast. liver hurts for you. <sighs> I'm good. Oh. Well, funny you say that, Scout, because last thing I had before we get back to the conversation is our uh, mutual friend um, uh, who, uh, yeah, I mean, you know who I was talking about. I don't, I don't yeah. want to out yeah, where he's yeah. at right now, but... Um, yeah. We did a ruck on Saturday because this individual is uh, stationed up by me for a little bit. And we, uh, yep. I did a four mile walk with my, my mom for her birthday. She wanted to do a, uh, uh, a little ruck, you know, whatever, 25 pounds or whatever. Did that for about four miles. And then in the afternoon, we did about seven miles going up what we would consider elevation, not elevation like North Carolina fucking ravine elevation, but in yeah. Coastal Plains, Jersey, elevation, and uh, dude, hitting them sand dunes, man, like well, down, we, down in the we, we hit the soft sand. Yeah, yeah, bro. So sand, sand is murder on your legs when you're rucking. Yeah, like, dude, we, I'll take mountains all day. Sand, holy shit. So oh. during it, I had to literally. I mean, and talk about talk about knowing your limitations, and also. Um, this ties into a conversation going on on Twitter about um, training and knowing where your limitations are. I had just done a lift the day before. My low back was shot a mile into the, the, not even a mile maybe, into this particular ruck. I literally threw my pack aside. I was like, I'll pick it up on the way back. I can't do it. My low back is screaming. So I finished the ruck, came back. The only thing that got me through the ruck, <laughs> this individual kept calling me a legend for it, was I had like packed like five shooters as pain medicine. And I just kept doing, oh, yeah. d kept doing like smearing off cherry as like a pain. I, my back was screaming so bad. Oh. Wonderful rock, wonderful rock, great view. 
when I got done with that, I went home and I just was like, I'm going to bed. I was spent. So um, just a, a funny story for that. But but yeah, no, no in, in, in all seriousness, um, I really do think that our blinking on this particular instance is not going to bode well. It's going to bolster people. Well, that combined with the story of the Red Sea where we had to have the Phalanx system hit a missile before it hit one of our guys. Yeah, um, C-Ram. Yeah, yeah. Uh, close to web support system. Um, that Those two things combined make me really fucking nervous. Really nervous. Well, here's the thing, too, is, is um, last 24 on Twitter, if you're not following them, uh, Tim on point on Twitter as well. It's, it's his operation. Um, Tim was the seal. He follows me. He's really, really solid, man. Guys, guys, as solid as they come. And a last 24 report is kind of like his intelligence digest. Um, really, really cool operation. Go give them a follow. So it's a big shout out to them. Um, still kind of in their, their first, I think they've been around for a month now. Uh, so it's, it's really good stuff, but, um, he put up a video. Huh? Excuse me. He put up a video today of, um, the, it, it was a Russian Corvette. So a Corvette essentially is like in between a frigate and a destroyer. Like it's, it's kind of that size of a vessel right and it was getting hit by naval drones because we've got basically the seafaring version of a lancet and on a ship you know obviously i'm not a sailor i was a soldier but i know a little bit about shipboard weapon systems and everything there's a gap right there at the surface and i know this because when i was in high school um some of the, the old timers that were coaching ball would tell us stories. And, and uh, one of them happened to be a World War II Navy vet. And um, he had served on, on a couple of larger vessels during World War II in uh, 1943, 1944 in the Pacific. And um, he was talking about them shooting at torpedoes and like the most dangerous torpedoes would be the ones that would be skimming right along the surface. And I remember that like I'm in high school. Right. And you know, just you, you always soak up the knowledge from the old timers always, always because they've been there. They've done that. And if they're willing to share what they know with you, whatever it is, whether you think it's, it's worth listening to or not. Yeah, that's irrelevant. Give them the respect, right? Give them the respect. Listen to them because I promise you there's, there's going to be a nugget of wisdom in there always. That served me very well. Um, the guy that I, I dedicated the, uh, the gorilla's guide to signals intelligence to Bruce Donaldson. Yeah, he was that guy, um, you know, out, out in Wyoming. He was like Yoda, man, like, like a real life Yoda. This dude wearing a Canadian tuxedo the whole time, right? Get his get his denim head to toe, walking around with a Mac ten, right? That's that's the way this guy rolled, man. He lived in a little camper on this ranch, 
out there in the middle of Wyoming, got, you know, like he spent his whole career overseas. He he was he did everything there was to do, man. He's a plank holder in 175. He's a Vietnam vet. He friggin' um w- went over to SF, became an officer, right? Um, he's an ODA commander. He had to jump out of an OV-10 Bravo and then, then, you know, messed his back up at some point, got medically retired, goes over to the CIA, gets into ground branch, did all these things, man. The Franco Tirador patch and the scout course that I awarded all the grads from the scout course that came from him because he trained those guys. He trained, he trained the Contras. That was their patch. He gave it to me, right? And, and, and. You sit there and you soak up the knowledge from these old timers because they know their shit. They know what they're talking about because they've, they've been there and done that, man. So, you know, anyway, um, listening to his uh, uh, baseball coach, and I didn't play baseball. You know, I was a wrestler, but the wrestling coach was also the baseball coach. And that was his father-in-law, too. And, and so he, he would come and he would hang out and he would just tell us stuff. Like he he would just be sitting there chewing tobacco, right? Had had his red man pouch. He'd always be chewing tobacco. He'd be spitting you. Ah, come here, boy. Come here. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about this one thing. And he would just he he would just start spouting off these stories, man. This guy's in like at the time he was in his early eighties. And he would just start like rambling. Rambling off these stories. Like and and, and you never really understand why they're sharing these stories with you at the time, because you don't know what the relevance is. Like, yeah, man, you know, like, all right, man, I, like I'm here cause I'm a wrestler. Like this is, this is wrestling practice. Like, you know, and this guy's telling me about, you know, being on a, on a, on a destroyer in world war two. Like, all right, man, like, you know, like, what, are, what are you even talking about? But I'll never forget those. I'll never forget those stories, man. Never. Never forget that stuff. And um, one of them was was talking about how he was he's talking about he had a it, you know the, all all the deck sailors that they, they you know manned fifty cows and anti aircraft guns like they they're on a destroyer right. And then he I think he was on a cruiser after that. And uh, he's like so everybody on deck had an M one. And we would shoot at torpedoes. So when the aircraft would come in, like the Japanese aircraft, he, you know, he had some derogatory terms to the Japanese, which I'm not going to repeat. Um, but, you know, obviously that it was a very different time and, and it was what it was. But, um, you know, they, they, that was, that was the thing. They were dropping torpedoes. We, you know, we did that to the Japanese fleet too. And he was saying that the hardest ones to hit, the easiest ones to hit were the ones that were deeper down because you could see them coming. But the ones that were just skimming the surface, those are the ones that were coming in too fast. You couldn't shoot at those. And um, it was this, and, and you know, he would relay the story and, and he told it the exact same way several times over, like how um, basically the, the vessel that he was on got sunk. That one got sunk by by a couple of torpedoes hitting it, and it was just this, this surreal story. I mean, it was like Jaws, where um, the guy was on uh, the Indianapolis, and he's talking about it, 
the the shark hunter and he you know and and that was absolutely horrific but it was it was very similar to that man and so when buck is telling the story that was his nickname uh when he's telling that story you sat there and listened you had no idea what that had to do with anything but you sat there and you listened to it so the whole point behind that is is that there's a gap there's a a gap and so in the infantry world we would call that a iv line or interrupted viewing line or or the danger close gap where if an adversary gets within 600 meters they're within danger close range it's difficult to engage them with your small arms but it's also difficult to engage them with your indirect fire Right, so when when I talked about that with Ryan earlier today, that's why I kept saying six hundred meters. Obviously, y'all didn't see that because it was in a video, but you know we were both sitting there grinning from ear to ear because he, you know, he knew, I know that that's something we're taught. Um. Anyway, point is though is, is that there's that that gap on a ship has to do with things that are skimming the surface. It it's very difficult to defend from that right because the reactionary gap is 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 very very short and so that video that was taken using a thermal by the way uh, cuz thermal is ruling the battlefield right now as i pick up this thermal and and uh, look at it from AGM top of the line equipment that we've got at brushbeater out of the store um point is though is that our version of a Lancet at sea sunk a Corvette today or late yesterday and Tim had that video and he put it up. It's very worth watching. Um, how long is it going to be before the Houthis do that? I don't think it's going to be very long. Well, I think they got close yesterday because we had to use the Seawis yeah. to engage a missile. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, look, the Seawis works. You don't understand. And when a Seawis works, the ship is in danger because the fragments of that missile still hit the ship that, uh, and exposed. Yeah, so, that, that was the point I was bringing up when, when I first joined. I was like, so uh, I live close to the, the U.S.'s uh, battleship New Jersey, and they had the, 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 the CIWS, uh, Faladac Close and Weapon Support System. And they explained the capabilities of it. So as soon as I saw the headline that the CIWS had to engage this missile that I know was traveling several hundred miles per hour. And it had to engage. It's like, well, it had to get in a certain range, which means it was about like 2K. Yeah, like it was it was a couple seconds away from hitting. It was close. Yep. It, it's uh, it, within two kilometers, generally, because I, I know a little bit about the weapon system from just, you know, the, the C-RAM being operated in Iraq. And I don't know. I'm kind of a weapon star. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely, um, it was close. Fragments of, of that still hit the ship. Uh, to and, and I got that independently of you, Joe. So, I mean, I heard that too. So that that's and I heard it from a different 
different channel. Maybe it was the same one that you heard it from. I don't know. But, um, I mean, it, it, it's. I think that it's only a matter of time. And I don't think that the American public is ready for that day. I really don't. That, that's exactly I mean, it. I, I said over on my locals that, are you ready for 175 dead in one day, in one missile strike? Uh, because that's what's going to happen. And they're they're evolving their tactics, and they're getting awful close to finding that combo. That Well, that, that, that's been the entire Chinese defense system. I mean, the entirety of the Chinese, oh, oh we don't want to be invaded on the mainland, or to make Taiwan really difficult to defend is – They've invested so much in anti-satellite and anti-ship missiles. Why? The reason is, you're telling me the American public, if we tell them that a carrier was sunk, that they're going to be like, oh, yes, let's send more carriers to this island in the South Pacific or Middle Pacific, whatever you want to call it, that we don't care about. But we just lost like 2,000 dudes in one shot. I mean, that's the whole defense idea behind what China's doing is, we're going to make it so that if they're going to come to the mainland or to Taiwan, we're going to make it painful as fuck. They designed their entire defense around that last set of islands, basically the crescent moon around China, and they fortified everything with missiles. And they're going to shoot down. And it's got your point. Like, when that ship gets hit, what are we as an American public going to do? And, and they know that. They know that the American people right now do not have the same appetite or tolerance as they did in the 40s, in the 60s, and in the 60s was even waning. They know that that's how they win. They just kill a lot of people in one shot, and all of a sudden we turn on our politicians and then goes with that for better or for worse. I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but that's exactly what their plan was. I mean, Joe, would you agree? Yes. about you madman you awful quiet man i really ran out of gas on that last tangent i went on get on um that's all right i'm refueled yeah i mean there's definitely some testing going on for uh tactics and strategies they're they're figuring out what's going to work and what's not going to work and they're fine-tuning everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like a doomer, but um, I think we're going to get hit really hard one of these days. And everyone's going to act like we didn't see it coming. And... Uh, I don't think anybody's ready for that. <clears throat> I don't think that the American mind is at all prepared for uh, hundreds or thousands dead. They're not. Very small amount of time. They're not ready for World War II, Korea. They're not even ready for Vietnam numbers. Um, but I mean, what, total between Iraq and Afghanistan, we had like, uh, I should know the number. I, it was like, what, 10,000? 7,000. Yeah, like, like that, seven. Yeah. yeah, it was like seven, eight, maybe even 9,000 dead. Um, when, and that's from decades. That's a D Day right there. 
plus some. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, man, yeah. Uh, and you know, people would raise a fuss about like 10, 15 guys getting killed, and it's like, I mean, yeah, I hear you. It's it's a shame when even one guy dies, but uh, man, what happens when whole neighborhoods don't come back? Because that happened in World War yep. II. There was towns that just like half the guys didn't come back. The whole Leningraft. Um Gone. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just, even in Korea, like, you know. And a lot of those guys didn't even die from being shot. They died from freezing to death or starving to death or you name it. Yeah. They're just, uh, they're not, nobody. That's what pisses me off when I hear these people cheerleading this war. It's like, you truly don't understand what kind of escalation you're getting us into. I mean, our like, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but I'm, this, our southern border is wide open. I mean, millions of people have crossed. You don't know who was in there. and Yeah, that's... Uh, I think that's the biggest the problem issue, is that, right? Most people think yeah, that, yeah, I that think it, is. it could never happen here, bro, but... It yeah, it's totally never going to happen here, and, oh, we have this huge security apparatus, and nobody can get away with a crime. It's like, well, hey, dude, maybe, you know, what... What happens when the guy doesn't care if he gets caught? Like, you know, or what if he's what if he and him and all his buddies are going to do something so bad um, that they can't get caught because there's entirely too much else to deal with now. And uh, or or they've been conditioned to where they know they can get away with this level of X and get away with no bail in a certain jurisdiction yeah that's true too um but no i mean like if we hit like geopolitically somewhere if we if we hit some target somewhere in retaliation for something um you know i hate to sound like a selfish dick but i'm much more concerned about um my community than i am some thing overseas getting hit um because i was in the you know i was i did seven years active duty i you know i kind of accepted at one point that hey you know if i eat it one day i'll eat it whatever um and that's kind of the mentality you have to adopt for a certain amount of time and yeah just i don't i don't think these people have really thought through how bad we can get hit here at home without even like Everyone always has the Russian nuclear sub blowing up DC in their head. It's like, no, man, like there could be a mass shooting in every state on the same day. <laughs> you know, that's 50 people shooting random people at the same time. That's just 50. Meanwhile, the FBI out the, announces out of the millions that, uh, that have come across the border. Yeah, the FBI announces this week that China's doing everything they can to shut off our water. Yeah, and like we haven't done that for the last fifteen yeah. years. I know. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing is like you know on top of the low level asymmetric warfare, you have the very sophisticated and high level asymmetric war, the unrestricted warfare. It's just. I don't know. The whole situation has gotten so out of hand that 
it, like I posted on Twitter the other day, like, you know, it was one of my shitty poems. It really, it was just two lines that rhymed. Um, but it's like, you know, all this crazy shit's going on in the world. But it's funny because if you really pay attention to just your community, like one of the meeting minutes for the planning commission meeting was uh, how many chickens should people be allowed to have per acre of their property in res- in the residential zoned areas? Like that was the, that was two pages of the three pages of the meeting minutes was dedicated to back and forth about how many chickens people can have. Matt, um, Matt, Matt, I'm only laughing because in, in, in my place, so I moved a town over from where I grew up in and um, we got a house backed up to some woods and we found out that in the town I moved from, it there was no restriction on the size of the lot you could raise chickens on. But apparently I moved about, oh, I don't know, 3,000 feet from there. And now I need an acre to have chickens. Yeah. So, so you're, 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 you may be ch- I mean, but no, so that brings me to the point is like, I really, we do need to talk about the, and this is what this show should do is talk about the international geopolitical situations and you know, high level stuff. Do but it. Really, when, when you're off the show, you should be focusing on what you can do in your community. And, uh, really getting your community leaders like at least feel them out like hey there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world we do have all these people coming across our border and find out if they're planning on housing anyone in your area that's probably number one um yeah i just but anyway to back to our point sorry i went on another tangent this shit's dry no, you're good um yeah, they're, I mean, it's just blatantly obvious what they're doing, and I don't think, I just don't, I, again, I don't think our military is up to the task right now. I think that we're totally incompetent and we're ill-prepared. I agree, and I think, I to your point, you know, talking about, you know, you were saying, focusing on international whatever with this podcast, I think the, 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 the point of this podcast is to take what is going on internationally and to operationalize it into what us as the average citizen can do because I am one of those average citizens so this is what we can do so like I love the fact that you're bringing up uh, the, the, the you know the rot of, of, of certain institutions I, I think that what this podcast should be is we Start with this wide concept of what's going on in the world, which could seem so abstract to some people. But yet, here's how it matters to you, and here's what you should do. Here's how you operationalize that. And so, Ben, I think you brought an excellent point up there, where how do you take all the stuff we talk about and then operationalize it into as you as the average citizen could do? Yeah, that's about what we do. I think Scout's trying to talk. I can't hear him, though. I can't hear him either. No, I wasn't trying to talk. Oh, oh your, your thing was like, you know, doing the glowy. Yeah, yeah, I, thought, I thought you were trying to kind of glowing. It was glowing were, a bit. Yeah. No, I'm sitting here glowing. listening to you. I mean, yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Um, 
you know, one of the things that you brought up, Madman, about figuring out if they're housing people, uh, he and, and that's a great segue into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Boston. Hey, hey, Massachusetts. Y'all are getting exactly what you voted for. Okay. Um, you wanted direct democracy. You got direct democracy. There you go. Very uh, well-known community center. Being kind of a, a, a recreational center. Pillar of the community in Boston. Especially for the black community. And now all of a sudden, that's going to be used to house our invaders. Well, yeah, and, and the people, the good people of Boston really don't, aren't, aren't happy with that, right? You're really not happy with it. Let me remind you, this is what you voted for. You voted for that. So you fucking eat it. You fucking eat it. That's what you voted for. That's what you got. New York City, those of you who were throwing trash and all the things, right, at, at Mayor Sandinista, but yet you voted for Eric Adams, who's literally the same thing. You voted for the same thing. They put a different veneer on the same bullshit that they were selling you. And you want to get mad about it when you got the same results? You want to get mad about it? Really? Really? Tell me again. Tell me again. If you're too fucking stupid... To understand the conditions that you're living in, you deserve the results. You deserve it. So no, I don't feel bad for you. I don't. Just, is, is that going to wake some people up out there? Maybe. I hope. I bet it don't, though. I bet it doesn't. I bet it, I bet it does not. You know, and, and that just is what it is. That's not a black pill, by the way. That's just calling it what it is. All right, it is what it is. You, you, you know, you'll either figure it out or you won't. If you don't figure it out, and here's the thing: for the black community out there, for for you know, and, and I'm here to say, man, y'all have had it rough. All right. You have, um, for for a lot of reasons over the years, and and there is an awakening that is certainly happening. But I don't I don't know if it's going to be enough for white people. I don't know if it's going to be enough. Liberalism has has wrecked both of us. All right, it absolutely has. It has sold you on a lie. It has sold you on a lie that feminism is a lie. It has sold you on the lie of abortion. That is a lie. It has sold you on a lie that the family has no value. These are all lies. Lies of liberalism. They've lied to you. They've lied to your face. Sold you a bad bill of goods over and over and over again. And what it has led to, in all cases, is population decline. I mean, we know this. We know this. You're starting to figure it out. Everybody's starting to figure it out. And now it's leading to population replacement. That's what this is. People are seeing it. People are scared. 
That's exactly what's happening, though. Because here's the thing. When you have an expendable population that comes in, which is exactly what's happening, you can do anything you want with them. And you're always going to have the upper hand. Until you don't. Until you don't. And then once you don't, you can't control what happens next. Right? But they never think that far ahead. Right? Because they're only thinking, hey, uh, well, uh, you know, we're just gonna we're we're just gonna wait till one population, right? Our R value declines to this point, and and you know, then we get a new R value in there. It's always gonna vote Democrat. That's what they're doing, right? Um, they're doing this with the military too, and that's a really good segue into the next topic that I want to talk about tonight. A very disturbing video. I shared this on the Twitter feed. There's a state senator from Georgia. He's from North Georgia. Who went to Hartsville-Jackson Airport. And went into a room in Hartsville-Jackson. Where there was a drill sergeant sitting in there. Uh, I saw it. A bunch of other people pointed it out too. Uh, this guy had a brown round on. He's a drill sergeant. Uh, he did not have the infantry school patch on, though. Uh, he did not have that patch on. I went back and I looked at the still from that. I do not know what that patch is. And to be honest, I haven't had the free time to look into it. Uh, but the Fort Benning patch or whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. The Fort Benning patch is the... Uh, it's an oblong diamond with a dagger in it, um, and it said, or a bayonet rather, and it says "Follow me" on it. Uh, that, that was the the. Well, again, I'm kind of dating myself here. They might have changed. Who who knows? This woke bullshit now. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure the bayonet probably fucking offends somebody somewhere, so we just have to get rid of that. Anyway, why is this guy sitting in there? And there's an NGO that's running this. That NGO, by the way, was tied to the United Methodist Church. And the state senator, who is completely incognito, he's wearing denim and like just, you know, looking like a good old boy walking in there. And he walks in and he announces himself, hey, I'm, you know, I'm state senator so-and-so. I'm coming in here. I'm looking at this, you know, and, and, and I'm against human trafficking. And I just want to figure out what's going on here. Well, they end up, you got to go watch this video. It's like three minutes long. They end up pushing him out of there. And you can see the hand coming up and everything. Drew Sorns jumps in on it too. What the fuck's going on there? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, I was on trying there? to analyze that, and the guy there in the drill instructor hat really had me wondering exactly WTF was up. It, there's something really weird going on there, and they really don't want you to know what it is. That's all the more reason why you should figure it out. They're solving the recruiting crisis. Period. They are. He's there to swear people. That's period. exactly what. Because if Boys, you look at room, have you seen it was gangs in New York? Military age males in that room. Yeah. You know what's funny about you say about gangs in New York? I just had like one of the, uh, you know, on YouTube, they give you just like some random videos and every once in a while I'll just get like 
cool movie clips. And it was gang. One of them was gangs in New York. And yeah, I know exactly what scene you're talking about. When the yeah. Irishmen are getting off the boat and they're like, getting all right, here's your uniform. Go fight for the union. Yep. <laughs> like it's totally happened, by the, the way. Boat. Which totally happened. Happened. One of my One of my relatives, or well, ans- I guess ancestors is the more appropriate term. That happened to him. Got off the boat and had to go fight for the union. The rest of his family was down in the Confederacy. Yep. It happened. It happened to me, too. Well, I mean, my family, obviously not me, but happened to my family. That that was exactly what happened. You know, a good portion of my family was here fighting for the Confederacy. The other portion landed, and, you know, fought it out, ended up in Chicago, of all places. Uh, so, you know, I am, uh, which kind of, Interestingly enough, and there's a couple of guys that are in the comments section right now that that are going to chuckle about this. Uh, One in particular, I know, because he knows this story. Um, The Chicago Fire Academy is built on the site of the great fire of Chicago that that burned everything down. Well, that's kind of part of the story of how I came to be, because... Miss O'Leary's cow kicked the lantern over, like as as the legend goes. There was a little bit more to it than that. Um, but nobody ever talks about what happened after the fact. And it literally burnt the city down. That's why they call Chicago the second city. Well, her and the entire family had to leave. Like they had to go. It, it was it was time to go. And they ended up settling down in Virginia. And that's part of my ancestry. So um, pretty, pretty interesting little, little factoid there, uh, that, that I kind of grin and I know if black three is in the comments there, I know he's going to probably blow my phone up later on tonight and be like, you motherfucker naming me like that. But, uh, nah, he, he totally knows the deal. Cause we, we've joked about that and, uh, he, he talked, but I mean, everybody from Chicago knows that of like the, the whole legend. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. But um, getting back to the whole story, I mean, man, they they are recruiting for the next war, like whatever whatever it is. And when you look at the fact that literally half the country's governors openly revolted against the Biden administration last week, last week. The media never talked about that. We talked about it. We covered it. Did a whole live on it. Talked about it over and over again. Mainstream media wouldn't talk about it, though. And so, and Biden wouldn't say it either. Interestingly enough, man, all the things like what we talked about, the points that I was making, that was what I expected them to do. And they did even less than that. Like that, that's the craziest thing in the world to me is they back down because they know, they know the border is such a toxic issue. They know that it is. It is a losing issue. They're not going to win. They know how it's polarized people. And I'm telling you, there's no way that in DC, they're not looking at people like Cat Williams getting on stage, pointing out the obvious and saying, fuck, man, 
Like we we really messed up here. You you can't tell me that. You can't tell me that that they're not looking at guys like Snoop Dogg. A, a guy who who, you know, I don't get my political opinions from entertainers. I don't give a shit. Um and if you do out there for like the one person listening to this podcast gets their their opinion from an entertainer, I really feel bad for you. Um, because these these are not smart people. Okay. They they may be they may be smart in their their given field. I'll give them that much, but they're like broad scale intelligence, they're really not that smart. All right. Somebody put them where they are, somebody made them what they are. I, I don't I, I I'm not gonna sit there and, and get my opinion from them. Right, because because a lot of them are programmed to to say what and trot a certain line in order to remain famous, but um, you can't tell me that there's not a zeitgeist out there when you you see all of these different entertainers that are saying like, man, you know, like there's something here, like there's, there's definitely something's not right. Right. That's that's bubbling up. Right. That is that is totally bubbling up from from the underground and it is coming up and it is a paradigm shift. And and I think that it's it's really part of the larger whole when people say, man, there is seriously something wrong here. And, we, you know, we, we I'm not sure how to fix it. People really aren't certain how to fix it. But we definitely, you know, like something needs to be done. Um, I, I, th- I think the way they view it is that, you know, they were told that <clears throat> Trump was bad. And for some of the causes of these certain individuals, yeah, probably, yeah, sure. But they're sitting there going, well, my life was better like two, three years ago than it is now. And so this this dude told me that I would get XYZ and I got ABC. And so I think it's really a realization of like, you you would like to think it's the first time, not the first time that they're saying, I was promised a politician something and they gave me this. But I think like, it's the first realization of like, damn, we've been lied to. At least that's what I've seen. Like a lot of these things, and I know Scout, you've seen them on, Twitter or TikTok or whatever, you know, the, the TikToks that are posted on Twitter, these people saying certain things, you're like, that's what we agree with. But it's like, they're just realizing it for the first time. So it's almost like breaking through that programming and then seeing where it goes. So I really don't know how these, this, this mass of voters are going to break, whether it's left or right or whatever. But it's definitely something where I've seen more people being like, well, why? That's the biggest thing. The question is why? Because we know the extremists on the left and the right are going to scream this and scream that. I've seen a mix yeah. of people in the middle going, but why is it this way? Or this happened, so explain to me why. And so I think that bodes well for us. I'm, I mean, I'm a black pill dude, so I don't hold much stake in it. But I'm also, I tell people, don't be like me. I'm very pessimistic. But I think it's a hopeful situation where people are sitting and going, at least people are asking the question where I think four years ago they weren't. 
And I don't know, I mean, all of you are on social media. I don't know if you, y'all see the same thing or, or different or whatnot. Yeah. I, no, nah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think definitely the, the past four years has been a wake up for a lot of people out there. Like, I mean, you just look at the prices of shit. Like, just, it doesn't even matter about your politics or, or like how you feel about whatever the fuck, like whatever makes you feel better at the end of the day, man, you know, like if you look at the prices of things and you're like, man, dude, you know, my, the buying power of my dollar, I don't need to have a fucking master's degree in economics to see the buying power of my dollar is greatly diminished today versus, you know, seven years ago when Trump took office. Like, you know, and, and, and it stayed pretty decent and got a little bit better. And then all of a sudden it fucking dropped off. Like, you know, I mean, everybody sees it. Like, Main Street sees it. The other thing, too, is that you know, when you talk about voter fraud and all that stuff, they, they instantly want to shut you down. Like, you know, that was the greatest thing when all of a sudden, you know, oh, we're, we're just going to, we're going to commit voter fraud, but we're going to, we're going to uh, shut everybody down that calls it out. Well, if people didn't have a valid point, you wouldn't shut them down. You just say like, oh, okay, you know, like here it is, you know, here it is. This is this is what it is. It's totally legitimate. Here, I mean, Biden won. Here you go. But they didn't do any of that. They said, oh no, he he got more votes than any person ever in history. Oh, and don't you dare look at anything. And it, I mean, it just smelled like bullshit. It smelled like bullshit. It looks like bullshit. It looked like bullshit in 2022. You know, it, I mean, it, it just like they were playing the same tricks. All of a sudden, you know, you call that out. Oh, you get banned off social media. Oh, we don't know. Ah, there's what? no way we'll ban you off social media. And you just, I mean, you're just like, you know, man, you either, you're, you're either in a free country or you ain't. I don't think we are anymore. That's my opinion. You know, we're not in a free country anymore, at least in my opinion, where they can they can fucking rake you over the coals. They can they can take you to court. They can say that you're a C I'm a CEO, by the way. I'm a CEO. I'm a CEO of not one but two corporations I stood up myself, right? Myself. And if if <laughs> if if they can they can take me to court and say you paid yourself too much you <laughs> paid yourself too much which is exactly what happened to Elon Musk you're not in a free country anymore man i'm just telling you you're not in a fucking free country anymore they it it's it, it's bullshit it's all bullshit that's a whole other rabbit hole that I wasn't even going to go down in this show, man. But it, it, it's, it's, I'm just telling you like the, the, the mask has come off of all of this stuff. 
The mask has come off of all of these things individually, and it's painting a picture for the whole of what the fuck, man? Like, what what is even going on here? Like, none of this stuff is legal. Nobody gives a fuck because yeah. they, they can just, in civil court, by the way, civil law is the most bullshit thing ever because legality doesn't even matter anymore. It's just whatever the tort is. And if there is no tort for it, you can just make it up. That's that's the whole thing about civil cases. That's the reason that that, that, that Trump and that goofy looking fucking Mad Magazine looking dude, you know, Alfred Newfman, is the fucking judge. <laughs> this guy, man, this guy. Look at that guy. Look at that fucking guy. That guy is is the arbiter of fucking justice. You gotta be kidding me. That's but 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 that's the reason that he can go before law students at an Ivy League law school, by the way, as he was on video doing and saying, "Oh hey, you know, there's this thing called called judge's discretion." When I don't agree with what a jury says, he's talking about civil law where everything is is tort based, and he can just decide whatever the fuck he wants. You know, it it I mean the whole thing is absolutely ridiculous, man. And and that's where we are. That's where you are as a country, by the way, Americans out there. And it ain't gonna get fixed by you sitting on your ass. I'm just saying. Let's say y'all guys. I'll say this. I'll say number one, get fucking training. Number two, you have to square away yourself. You have to make sure you have, you know, everyone let's talk about, you know, uh, food, water, ammunition, precious metals. Make sure you have enough food. Cause I promise you that if you have only food and you show up to some, group who was like, hey, we're survivalists. What do you got to bring? I can support myself. They're going to take you. But seriously, everyone likes to look at the, the, the flashy guns and ammo and this and that and this cool kid. Get your food squared away. Like, I don't understand. And so for me, listening to this whole basically dystopian story of where America's going, which I 100% agree with, it's going to be bad. I'm just sitting there going, the whole time Scout's talking, I'm going, I, I even me, I got to get more food. Like, I, I got to get more water. I got to get more whatever. So, like, keep that in the back of your mind as you're listening to the, the narrative about what America is becoming because it's going to be uglier than you ever experienced in your life and ever imagined in your life. And I've never personally experienced this, but it's going to be bad. And so as Scout's talking about, think about this, that, whatever, that that's what's coming to my mind. I don't know what else is coming to your mind, guys. Yeah, it's my it's the same. Um, you need to get out and train. You need to you need to find that community and you need to build it. Uh, you don't live in a free country. You haven't for a while. But the activities of the last couple of weeks have really just accentuated that fact. And you need to come to reality with that. And I know that it sucks to say everyone's blackpilled, but until everyone gets blackpilled and understands where they're at, it's not going to get any. Amen.
Yeah. That's definitely pretty on point. Um, well, if you're already kind of squared away, I'd say, man, really get involved in your community. Actually, even if you're not, that's part of getting squared away. But, you know, if you got your um, emergency preps, you know, food, water, um, temporary power, all that good stuff. Um, but seriously, get involved in your community some way, somehow. Um, let people know that you exist. Maybe not like as a an outspoken. Uh, don't be don't be a domestic violent extremist in your first community meeting. Yeah, um, that's like usually not a good good way to go about it. Don't go on a schizo rant. But yeah, I mean, you know, get involved and be be part of your community. Be a citizen. Don't be a civilian. Because civilians don't put their shopping cart back. Citizens do. You know, like. That man, I your, love that quote right there. I, I love that's that. my favorite meme. Um, but like, yeah, like let people know who you are and that you're a nice person and you genuinely care. Cause yeah, I mean, if things do go really that South and, um, they're less likely to tell other people that are looking for you, that they saw you doing something that you probably shouldn't have been doing. And I'll leave it at that for that part. Um, but also it, it's just the right thing to do. Like we need to bring back the, the small communities of everybody actually knowing everybody. Um, you know, just in this past year, I've met most of my neighbors and because um, I recently moved. Uh, same general area, but like, you know, different, obviously different little blocks. So I don't really know too many people, but man, my next door neighbor came out for New Year's. He came over and he was like, it is so nice to have normal ass neighbors that like do things like this. He's like, I haven't met like most of these people that live around here. He's like, what? What do they do? Just like go to work and sit in their house? He's that's exactly what they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of old older folks, so you know they're just trying to retire and just be left alone. I get that. Well, um, I, I yeah, get go out and meet your neighbors, have fun. So I get that sentiment because when I do um, Halloween, I normally have a, a fire, you know, fire pit in the in the driveway. People come up and I have like a uh, a bowl for the kids and a bowl for the adults. And the adults, I have a bunch of shooters. I'm like, hey, do you want one? Take it to go. Yeah. All right. Where do you live? Oh, you live. Oh, you're like, what, four houses down there with that, that house? Oh, Roger. And you get to know your people. And, and I mean, that's an extreme example. But like you get to interact with your neighborhood when you put yourself out there. And I think that that's, it doesn't just apply to like Halloween or holiday, but also when it comes to town hall meetings, like, are you there? Are you watching that town hall meeting about what's going on? And you know that, I don't know, Tom Sanderson thinks the same way you do about something. And maybe you can do something about that. And so I think people get so caught up and Madman, this is, I think is your central point. You get so caught up in the macro that you forget that the micro is way more important 
Because the macro will happen. There's nothing we can do as someone who's listening to this podcast can influence the macro, but the micro we can. And so I think that that's the big takeaway is that start small because that's where it's going to happen when the time comes. Yeah. Well, get your, get your house in order because I mean, I've met a lot of guys, man. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I go over their house and hang out and I'm like, dude, like your shit is all disorganized. Like you can't even organize a basement. How in the hell are you going to organize? Yeah. 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 Like you think you're, you think you're going to be the top dog warlord, bro. You can't even clean your house. Like get, get, they're going to come over your house looking at the cobweb in the corner being like, ah, what the fuck? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, Snake saying coach kids team. Yeah. I'm coaching dude. I have never been more challenged than leading coaching like elementary school girls in basketball. That is possibly the hardest thing that I have ever done in my entire life. They're so crying in basketball. They don't they don't listen. And when they do when they do listen they, they're only like half listening and they're much more interested in dancing instead of playing basketball. Like, <laughs> it's very difficult. But, I, my um, niece was the same way. It's why I'm laughing. I but, know what you're going through. But coaching sports also, everybody will recognize you. Be like, oh yeah, that's the coach from the so-and-so team. You know? So that's another way to get involved in your community. There's You don't that's- have to go... Yeah, me and Rob were raising hell about the chickens thing. I'm in rural agriculture, so it doesn't even matter to me. But I felt bad for my homies in the subdivisions. So I was like, "Yeah, like, all right, come on, chickens. If everybody's got chickens, then nobody's gonna smell the chicken poop. It's called nose blind." Um, but yeah, like, just kind of 360. Get involved, and you know, talk to your uh, local hardware store guy and mm-hmm. be friends with him. Um. I don't know. I, I can give advice all day. I'm, I actually, I, I think Joe and Scout are probably more uh, wise on the intricacies of it. But yeah, the, your community is going to be what saves your ass. Like worrying about what happens in wherever that's not your community, even even a state away. You know, getting whipped up about that is not gonna is not gonna help you uh, build a community. Because that's what it's going to come down to. That's the only way we win yeah. on the macro level. Well, I, I, I think. I mean, I mean, that's the biggest. Town. That's the biggest point, right? I think that's the biggest takeaway. You know, Joe, you've talked about it. Matt, you've talked about it. It's getting out in the community and talking to people, and whether that you know whether you have kids or not, or whatever. Uh, if you don't have kids. Yeah, it's kind of easier if you have kids because you have an excuse to be here or there, whatever. But if you don't, like, oh, well, I just wanted to support this, these people. By the way, I'm not, you know, my name is XYZ. And just getting to know people. And I think that for the average prepper, that is going to be what, I'm not going to say wins us. That's what's going to give us a fighting choice. Because 
at some point, the conversation is going to come up. Oh, well, this person is blah, 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 extremist. But everyone is like, no, that's the dude who bought $30 worth of Girl Scout cookies for me. That's a dude who coached my son's wrestling team. That is what builds the community. You know, everyone likes to talk about, you know, the American Redoubt versus the Appalachian Mountains. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Appalachian Mountains have so much more of a history than the West does. So, and there's enough people. There's enough people to make that going well. Sorry, I, at one point my phone actually went dark, so I thought I dropped. That's why I paused for a second. Um, but my point being is, is is that the community is there, and it's it's that community that draws it versus just an abstract idea. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That that's that's the whole thing behind Appalachian. Like the 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 meme, which uh, a lefty, a left wing, my well, well, I ain't gonna give him too much credit. I'll just say uh, there there are leftists out there with similar training and background that are out there training other leftists, and if you don't think so, you can you can shoot me an email and I'll tell you who they are. Um, they've been following me for a little while. One of them has, and he decided he was going to put up a little, little thingy and I ain't getting this guy more airtime than he deserves. It's who I was talking about last week, by the way. And, um, you know, he, he poses as someone from the intelligence community and he is very, very active well, claims he is with the left, says he's a subsistence farmer. Um, yeah, okay, bullshit. Anyway, um, point is, though, is, is that you got to be one step ahead of this crowd, all right? There are people out there that have the motivation, all right? And uh, I thought one of the things that was really ironic, he, uh, on his Patreon page with all the 14 followers, 14 on Patreon, boy, I bet Mama's proud of that one. I bet she put the, the 14th one up on, on the, the fridge. Um, four, four, all of 14 followers, that's, that's really something. But uh, he, he went on this mile-long rant about how, uh, you know, moi is this, that, and the other, and, and a lot of things. I thought it was really fascinating, and uh, he, he really kept bringing up the whole Appalachia stand thing as if it was serious. He was saying, he imagines himself as the warlord Kadyrov, and I thought that, that was really funny uh, because the asshole doesn't understand that it's somewhat of an inside joke, but also that everybody who's met me or seen me, because I'm not exactly trying to hide over here. 
Um, the people who've seen me on YouTube and with Joe on, you know, any of the podcasts he's been on, you know, and, and the stuff that's recorded, show my face. I, hey, I'm, I've got ancestry from that part of the world, one generation removed. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of fucking look like Kadyrov a little bit. You know, to the degree that, you know, that Kadyrov action figure, there were members of my family who were looking at that like, damn, um, that's kind of crazy. So, you know, but but the whole thing's an inside joke, but kind of not really, because the Appalachistan thing, the, the Appalachian region has the, the right amount of population density and the right amount of terrain to be very, very defendable. To the degree that the Rocky Mountains don't necessarily, it it does in certain spots, uh, but but not widespread. Um, so, it, but we also have the growing season, and so that's kind of a, a big difference maker there. Um, you know. Anyway, uh, you know, a lot to digest there. Probably something better for a, a podcast on another day, another opportunity uh but with five minutes left on the clock i think we've covered a whole hell of a lot of ground tonight guys uh patriot man's kind of in and out right now he was like jumping in jumping back out i don't know something's going on with his internet connection but uh joe madman still got y'all in here what are let's just talk uh five minutes left Training objectives for the near term. You know, what are you guys working on, and uh, what what are you? Let's say what what's your training goal for uh, the next bit of time. Mine is uh, fitness and ability to move distance over ground carrying a load. That's my biggest training objective, uh, along with the. Uh, the, the skills in the scout and recce course, because those are what's going to be needed. You're going to spend 95% of your time doing what you do every day, but there's going to be that 5% of the time when action needs to happen and you need those skills. Agreed. 1000%. 1000%. Invest in really good quality denim. <laughs> My advice. Madman. I second both of those. Um, well, I'm going to be um, building some some UV5R repeaters. I uh, I finally got around to just like actually doing it instead of thinking about doing it. And um, you know, I'm uh, I'm authoring some things finding time to actually have a coherent thought for more than like 45 minutes is pretty difficult these days. So would, would that be some things for the gorilla dispatch volume three? Yeah, probably. Oh, maybe more than that. I don't know. We'll see. Oh. Like I said, it's, Oh, it's happening in 45 minute intervals. That, and I can't, I can't get more than like, an hour and a half every like week so far. Um, but yeah, I'm working on that. And like I said, just building repeaters and 
um, testing them out and just networking with people, really. Um, I'm going to try to make it down to the G camp way more this year. Got than to, I did bro. In the past couple of years. Um, whether it's just to hang out or actually do something. Um, yeah. I'm, I I'm hear gonna... we'll be hanging out in like two weeks. Um, That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm hearing about this for the first time. No, I was supposed to go to the RTO course. You could you could totally come down a couple weeks from oh Scout and Recce and just hang out. Just saying. Just you saying. Have to be on a date. It's like the sixteen slash training courses. And I and I heard that a guy who just vehemently hates uh Chris Christie uh might actually appear there too. So. Oh he'll be there. He was there. He yeah. was he was totally there. And uh he he <laughs> well, I texted him the other day and I was like, listen, man, come on out here and hang out and maybe get shot at for a while. And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. I think I might. I want to get I'm mad at him right now. I'm mad at him. He knows it. I'm mad at him. He uh, said he needed a ballistic helmet, man. Krisky totally said he needed a ballistic helmet. And I was like, bro, I got you. I think that he was like, did. I know, man. And I was like, and then I put it out there and he was like, yeah, I'm like, bro, I would let you use this in a video for free, you know. Like you don't, you don't even need to, you don't even need to do all that. You can just be there. It's all and good then, though. And then so. you could sell that one as as having been worn by Chris <laughs> Krisky for double the price. Oh, you're on to my game. You are on to my game. That celebrity discount, boys. We are getting the last call for alcohol signal up in here. Uh, I'm I'm getting the white screen of death flashing up here. It says you are limited to 120 minutes. Uh, so we are last call for alcohol. The bell is ringing in the background. God bless all of you. Brushbeater.store making this show happen. And of course, the Gorilla's Guide to Balfang Radio, the Gorilla's Guide to Signals Intelligence, both number one bestsellers, as well as the Tactical Wisdom series. Joe Dolio, support the guys who are supporting you. God bless. We'll talk to you again very, very soon. Zancy Scout.